Hi, my name is Frankie. Thank you for listening to my mom. I never listen. my old friend Aaron Roussel. Aaron, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule. I know you've had a busy one. We're right in the middle of the season. How's it going, man? Things are good. You know, I, it's, uh, we're, we've turned into February. Uh, I think this is a stressful time for probably every coach out there. Um, I think probably like a lot of coaches, even at the top of the league, been middle league, been bottom league, and every single stop, every single experience uh, this time of year can can be really tough. Um, but I think it's, uh, it's a build and, and excited to see what lies ahead here the next few weeks you know this is a time of year where either you have already had some adversity or you're getting ready to go through it because no team is void of a dip or a time when the ebb and flow of the season kind of catches them so having said that the margin for error is so small when you're playing in conference how's it going this year for you in your fourth year well I I think you know, we've had some adversity Um, you know I think the availability uh, of some players and and some depleted uh, it's a depleted roster, uh, but just, you know, I don't know if we've had a full arsenal here uh, for a while, which puts us in the same category as a lot of teams, but I think you hit it right on the head. And I tell this story to our players um, a lot to kind of keep the confidence, keep the hope, you know, the, the five championship years, I can think back to something at least one time during those, each of those five experiences of, we thought the sky was falling. You know, you thought you just, there's at no point during that season, did you think you were still winning a championship? You have to have those, you have to have those. And, um, you know, jokingly said, even one of those years, maybe we tried to, uh, things were going almost too well that we had to try to create some adversity because we knew we needed to get through something. And, um, you know, it's going to find you. I, I think so much of this business as a coach, especially these days, is, is pushing your kids through that, finding ways to, to get through that adversity and, and get better because of it. You know, I always say the referees are tired, the coaches are tired, the players are tired. And then, you know, all of a sudden we're going to have this lift, right? Sometimes when I'm talking to coaches, I'm like, hey, why don't you just play kickball today or get the wiffle ball bat out and play, just compete and do something fun and just kind of change it up for them. So they they don't have that, you know, body language, excuse me, body language drag into practice like, oh man, we got to do this over. We just played a tough game, whatever it is. What do you do to keep them uh, fresh and engaged? Well, I think so much of it is, is trying to be fresh, you know, and I think we, you know, we're in the middle of, of a three game week and we, we've, we've had some unbelievable travel, you know, this, this has been tough for us. And, you know, sometimes you look at the NBA schedule and you look at how little they're practicing and, you know, some of this has walked through and, you know, for instance, for this week, you know, we we're, we're heading to Dayton and, and you know, I think we have a noon game Saturday and our practice slot is six 30 at night, Friday night, you know, that's going to be tough uh, on the road. So there's not going to be much of a practice. It might be, you know, and, and we had a lot of kids that played 35, 40 nights or 40 minutes last night uh, on a Wednesday. So Thursday, you know, kind of a little bit more of recovery day most days, but you look at it this week and then Thursday has to be some maybe real practice time. Um, right? So we thought until there's a really tough game last night, you know, I, I, I definitely believe in that. I, I think, you know, maybe I've said this to you. I've said it to a lot of other people. The fresher team has the advantage come February and March, you know, maybe, some of that's not always in your control, but you have to find ways to stay fresh. Maybe that's canceling a shoot around just and going with it. Um, you know, baseball season's long. Maybe this is a bad analogy, uh, but Joe Madden back with the Cubs, you know, it was, this was, uh, this was Legion week. So it was like, you know, which to us is like AAU, right? Like there's not the, 
in-depth scouting report. There's not to get to the gym, get to the fields, you know, six hours before the game. This is, hey, man, get your stuff. We're getting to the gym. We're getting to the the field. No batting practice. We're just going to go play. And sometimes those dog days of August, that helped. You know, maybe it's my my Cubs fandom coming back here uh, right now. But I think you just have to find ways to to keep it fresh. You know, we've tried the dodgeball thing before and sometimes all of a sudden these kids are arms are are, are sore for for three days so you got to find something that isn't going to be uh uh hurt you um but i just think so much of this is the mental approach we're at a high academic school there's there's academic stresses right now like i mentioned with the travel these are not excuses but i think so much of what we all grew up with was more was more and we got to work harder you got to work harder sometimes just being fresher is, is, is more important. And you know what, you make some shots. We scored 94 points the other night. That was probably the best boost we could get. It, it wasn't killing them at practice the next day to get prepared for UMass. Well, that's the thing, right? You're talking reps versus rest. And I think it's a conversation a lot of coaches have during this time of year, load management, not just playing management, but time management, all of it is so important to the student athlete and their mental health is such an important topic right now is making sure everybody feels confident and feels good about what they're doing. I know um, you have had a very interesting path and I love your path from high school coaching to being at the university of Chicago and then being at Bucknell. And now, you know, your fourth year at Richmond, you know, what, what do you think is the greatest lesson you might've learned along the way, Aaron? Um, You know, I I don't mean this to say that other coaches that didn't come that route wouldn't have this, but maybe just, you know, I say empathy for for everybody. You know, you've been with a lot of kids that they've been high school superstars. Coaching high school boys it was a great experience. You know, on, on the women's basketball side, I've coached Division One, coached Division Two, coached Division Three. So, you know, you, you've coached kids that their life was basketball. You've coached kids that like, hey, basketball's cool, but I want to do other things. And and I think that's important to maybe the mental health part of it, just to find that balance to make sure basketball isn't. I tell our kids, I don't need basketball to be your number one priority 365 days a year. You know, it needs to be a priority. And some days, yeah, it may need to be your number one priority. Um, But but being able to to balance that and and not making everything to be the end all be all um, at this level. And, you know, I think the other part of it, too, for me was ability to make a lot of mistakes, you know, still making mistakes right now, you know, being coaching 500 games, whatever it may be, you're, you're making mistakes. But you know, I look back at some things when, you know, as a 25-year-old head coach coaching Division Three, like, if I were making those mistakes right now, you know, social media area and a little bit more, you know, <laughs> right. spotlight on it, you know, you'd look back and there, there'd be, uh, there, there's not maybe the receipts for the mistakes that I made uh, back in the day as, as you kind of learn things with, with basketball. So I do think that's important and, um, you know, maybe a little bit maybe with the parents you know I think sometimes in high school you deal with parents maybe a little bit more than than you're supposed to now um but we we try to include them and try to try to make this more of a familial thing for us I try to tell people all the time when you're going in the gym as a coach I know you're recruiting a kid but you're also recruiting the parents and that tough love that when it comes you have to know whether you have that support or not behind you that a family's not just gonna yank their kid because they didn't get to play you know 25 minutes a game when you know they're not in practice every day. So, you know, if you were in practice every day, maybe you would see that, you know, I've asked this kid to corrected them and tried to help them. And then you go in the game and they make that same mistake and you yank them, you know, but if you're not in practice, you don't, you maybe don't know those things today, the portal and the business of basketball is such an important topic. I want to ask you about player retention. 
you know, how do you make sure that you're doing everything that you can to make sure that your kids are having the experience they want? And if there's a red flag or something that comes out up that, you know, retention is such a topic that involves roster management every day. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the interesting part for us is we really just haven't had that turnover. You know, we've, when we first got the job here, um, you know, we, we took a, an ACC transfer. Um, somebody we'd been talking to when I was still at Bucknell uh, came here. Uh, we didn't have any space available. You know, I said, we didn't have any salary cap space. You know, we didn't, we didn't have any scholarships, you know, so she came really is the only transfer that we've truly had in my four years came as a walk-on, um, you know, from, from Boston college, you know, eventually was able to put her on scholarship and everything, but, you know, we didn't have kids leave um, this I, Debbie, this is not because, Hey, coaches figured this out, how to keep kids happy and, and keep kids there. You know, the reality is a lot of it has to do with the institution that we're at, you know, being at the university of Richmond is an amazing academic experience. You know, I think we really try to make this not just about basketball, you know, we talk about that with recruiting too, that, hey, you're, you're, you're thinking about the, the five years, you know, after you, you graduate, you're talking about 40 years down the road. So I think a lot of our kids are here for more than just basketball. Um, we try to use that with recruiting. Um, but I think also you have to be honest with kids, you know, and I think sometimes, you know, you, you build relationships, you don't want to lose those relationships, you want to say fix people, but you, you want to, you want to be a part of their growth and their build. But there comes a point of projecting what those next two years or three years looks like. And, and we've had those conversations with some kids of, I love you. I, this is not pushing you out the door in any way. But what part of your happiness, how, how much how much playing time on the floor is going gonna, is gonna to determine your happiness? Because we want you to be happy. You know, if you can accept this role, this role, this role, then yeah, man, like, let, let's roll. And we're not trying to push you out the door. You know, we got the job here four years ago. But we didn't push people out the door. You know, we inherited a large freshman class. Maybe I'm still that old soul that's trying to do this with a build and thinking two, three years down the road, um, rather than just building that year's team. Um, but we just haven't had that that turnover to bring people in. This year, we have, I, I, sometimes I don't even call grad transfers transfers because, you know, they, they've graduated, you know, they, they've kind of added a year. So we've had one of those, uh, but we really just haven't brought in a lot of new kids. Maybe it's within our offense trying to, the, the more you know, the more comfortable you get in our offense every single year. Um, so I think there is part of that. Um, now we'll look at the transfer portal and we'll uh, we'll try to improve. Um, but I think we're still trying to really keep those kids here, trying to do it maybe the old school way. And hopefully we still get some some benefit from that. So let's talk about your team a little bit, Aaron. I mean, you mentioned offense. You know, that's all I really care about talking about. Um, you know, you've got some players that could score. You know, you're just shy of 70 points a game. Uh, you're in a league that's very talented with great coaching, good players. And, and you're, you know, I mentioned earlier, the, the margin of error is so small when you get in conference play. What is it about your team that people would want to know or want to come and buy a ticket to come see Richmond play, especially if you're going on the road somewhere? Yeah, I mean, I think we... You know, four years ago, the, the A-10, and I think everybody in our league would say this, like, you know, we came here from Bucknell scoring, you know, a lot of points and playing fast, doing all those sort of things and came into a league that was very much defensive oriented. You know, so I jokingly said, hey, at some point here, somebody's got to score some points in this league. Like, it just has to happen. Um, you know, that being said, Debbie, I don't know whatever influence I'm blaming you or giving you credit for, but, you know, I would definitely was one of those, you know, defense wins championships, toughness, toughness, you got to be tougher. Gotta, and, and, and there's still a component to that. Don't get me wrong. And there's still people doing this really, really well on the defensive side of it. We don't forget about defense. I think we've been a much better team defensively this year. Um, but yeah, I think so much for us has just been the spacing. You know, I think we, we talk a lot. 
and this is hard, right? Especially sometimes you get some academic kids that will run through a wall for you. They'll do anything. You know, our kids right now will do anything we ask them to. If it execute a play, execute a play, they can do that. But, you know, I think I've turned a little bit more conceptual based, you know, maybe that's watching some NBA. Maybe that's just trying to buy into, you know, go in space and go make a play, go in space, make a read. And so I think that's sometimes hard. There's a lot of gray area with that, with a lot of kids that coaches tell me what you want, man, I'll do it. Basketball, you know, to a lot of people can be black and white. Maybe years ago, that was, that was the thing. I, I just, I've enjoyed watching, you know, conceptual offense. I've enjoyed watching spacing. I, I think, you know, even our transition, we're not always playing faster than everybody else necessarily, but I think it's just a, a spacing of the floor, you know, a strategy with our cutting. And, and we're not always perfect at this. Don't get me wrong. You know, I think if you were to watch some games, you'd be like, oh my God, this is really good. And other times you're like, what was he thinking <laughs> this game? Um, but again, I think so much of this trying to buy into that kind of forward thinking of where the game is going of not always just five out, but just a lot of spacing, trying to keep the post open. Um, there's been some really, really good coaches doing that really well. And I've enjoyed it. And so I think we were just trying to maybe adopt that and continually improve with that. I totally see that in, in the way players are developing, especially taller women that can handle face up, that can shoot it, that can read uh, in the two man game. And, and those concepts that you're talking about are interesting to watch. It opens up the floor. It allows players to make some plays. It gives them some freedom. I know sometimes there's times in the game where you have to make some calls and you, you know, you have to be able to take advantage, but even teams that switch one through five give you an advantage if you can read it and if you can find it. A lot of teams switch one through four and you yeah. still try to maintain that five matchup inside. But but playing conceptually and trying to teach that, that requires a lot of reps and it requires a lot of film. I know you love to watch film and I know you've probably been up all night watching film of your game last night. What are a couple of the things that you have been able to help your team with through the use of film? Yeah, um, you know, I think maybe sometimes over the years, I, I just thinking back, I think we probably you want to show them so many things because, you, you know, hey, we can fix this or we fix this. And so I think sometimes showing a team a lot of film uh, maybe isn't always giving you the return that, that you want. So I think sometimes, especially here as of late, trying to talk a little bit more of reads about individual kids and maybe having more side conversations. You, know, you got to put that all together with with a team. But, you know, as much as I've found kids are watching team film all they're doing is watching themselves anyway you know they're not always learning as much from <laughs> right. from the other so i sometimes and, and give our, our staff credit with this maybe it's a little more positional meetings um with this now i say positions we we probably care less about positions than than most out there um but i i think there are teaching points with that you know going back to your matchup thing i think if you were talk to a lot of coaches you know by me here and in the patriot league i think you know they'd say hey you know we're, we're picking on matchups a lot um I, I still think that's something that we do the more movement you have the better matchups you can get you know but also you know you talked about you know taller you know taller student athletes these days i mean i think that's something that we look for we want length with an ability to shoot the basketball and even when we weren't completely playing this way go back to that position word again, our fours and fives were able to shoot the basketball, you know, and I, I always wanted that even back to our division three days, felt like that was going to space the floor. If we had some taller wings, we were going to be able to post them up a little bit. And um, so I, I, I do think making sure that you can show film to understand what it is that we're trying to get. You know, I think sometimes maybe even we as coaches lose that. They have to know the why. The, the academic schools, maybe even more so, but I think that's just everybody these days. We used to say it was academic, but this is, they need to understand the why. <laughs> 
you know, if they understand the why, they can buy into that a little bit more. I probably need to remind myself of that even more so because I think the the other side of this is not bogging them down with too much information um, and just playing, especially like we said in a conceptual conceptual offense, which, which we're trying to do. Spending our time with Aaron Roussel, the head coach at the University of Richmond on Nothing But Net. Coach, just one more thing I want to ask you about, because as I've watched you over the years, you're a guy that I always say, he gets it. Like, because of your path, you get it, right? You get where sports is. You understand the meaning. You've got three children. You've got two daughters. I always think that that helps see a, a lens about why we do what we do. You're mentioning the whys right now inside the concept of the game, but just the why around sport. It's National Girls and Women in Sports Day, which is a day everyone celebrates, especially those that have daughters because of the opportunities that women have been able to get to play. And when you take a step back and you think about your career in your family and how they have blended together and what you've been able to do in your career around the game, what would be a couple of things that would stand out to you that you're really proud of? Or when I say Aaron Roussel gets it, what do I mean by that? Um, I, well, first, I appreciate you saying this. And, and I can think back to some conversations and when we first met about, you know, you were, you were talking, it was just, you know, and there's a lot about moms at that point, but just starting a family. I think when we had that conversation, talk about the guilt, right? You talk about the guilt of when you're at work, you're feeling guilty because you're not at home trying to help with something. When, when you're at a kid's game or whatever else, there's just that constant feeling of trying to feel guilty. Do my players know how much I love them? Do they, do my kids at home know how much I love them? I, I want to be there. It's not perfect, um, but I, I really kind of, in no way a meltdown, but just really trying to get to the point of like being where your feet are. I know that sounds such an easy concept to to live by, but you know, like, I feel like I'm apologizing to my own kids and, and my sixth grader now, he's like, dad, I get it, man. Like I get it. And 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 the alternative is to not do this job. And my right. kids don't want to not be a part of this. They don't want to not have a team here. They don't want to not go to those games. So, you know, as much as I want to do both and I want to make a schedule that I can be at my son's game, can be at a daughter's game to try to coach little league baseball. Like those are the things that you hear enough coaches at the end of it that are saying, Oh man, I wish I would have done this. Or I see you're doing this, man. I wish I would have little league. And, and so I never want to have that regret at the end of this for my own players or, or your own, your own kids, but that can be hard, right? Like with your own players right now, you're trying to get them out of their comfort zone. You're trying to make them better than what they can be. That's difficult when you're trying to also build a great relationship with them because you're being pushed. Like think back to your parents, right? Your, your parents are always trying to push you and that relationship changes after the fact. Um, I would say something, you know, going back to it, really proud of, not that you're not trying to do this when, while they're here, but like I said, it, it's a little bit difficult. But after the fact, man, I love the friendships and relationships I have with our alums. Like that's just a really special moment, especially those ones that were champions, especially those ones that maybe go into coaching or have their own kids right now. They're like, yo, man, I thought you were crazy back then, or I didn't see it, I didn't get it. But now, now we see that. And, uh, it's difficult. It's hard. It's a really, really hard balance. I jokingly said, if I didn't have a family, didn't have kids, I'd be an amazing coach because of just the time that they could put into it. Um, but I do think there's something to be said about understanding the balance, understanding when you're a parent of how to deal with with, with college age kids and, and other people's kids and children as well. Like I said, Aaron, you totally get it, and we are so grateful that you have provided incredible service to the game in so many different ways, not just your own teams, but the way you've impacted your league and the game in general through your different experiences in all three levels of the game.
and I uh, can't wait to watch what you do coming up in the next couple of weeks in the A-10 race. I appreciate it. And Debbie, I'm going to use this time to tell you that there is nobody that does it better. There's no podcast I enjoy more uh, than, than what you do. And and I don't, I can't imagine there's a better ambassador for, for both basketball, you know, women's basketball, but um, seeing you kind of jump over here to both sides of the impact that you're having. I, I hope you see that because um, I, I can assure you, we all see it. And so many people in this game are, are very appreciative for what you're doing. It's, it's top tier.